people can be like, why me? And then I'm like, why not me? Like, why can't I be the fittest on earth? Hey, everybody. Emily Abadi here. You are listening to episode 218 of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential and, of course, have some fun along the way. For today's episode 218, I am chatting with the one, the only, Brooke Wells. When I say that I've been looking forward to this conversation for what feels like forever, I have emails in my inbox trying to set up this interview from like three years ago. And I'm so happy that it coincides with such a landmark comeback year for Brooke. For those of you that are out of the loop, Brooke is a CrossFit athlete and she recently came in fifth place. She is the fifth fittest woman on earth, according to CrossFit. Now, Brooke is not the first CrossFitter I've had on the show. You've heard from the likes of Rich Froning, Tia Claire Toomey, Catherine David's daughter, Annie Thor's daughter. So hopefully by now you're familiar with the sport. But if you're out of the loop, of course, Brooke gives us the rundown on what CrossFit is and of course, why she loves it so much and also gives us the intel on how she got into the sport in college and the sacrifices that it required of her as she became one of its top athletes. But without a doubt, the highlight of today's conversation is Brooke talking to us about her big comeback. She had a massive elbow injury last year at the games and was able to not only rehab it but do so in such an awesome way, reaching new heights that she has never seen before. If you too have ever been down and out, if you've ever struggled with injury or you're dealing with a hurdle moment in your life, trust me, this episode is for you. Brooke's attitude, Brooke's optimism is absolutely beautiful. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on social. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I, of course, am over at Emily Abadi. And while you're at it, Make sure you're subscribed to the weekly Hurdle newsletter. The link to do that is in the show notes. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with eight-time CrossFit Games athlete, Brooke Wells. How are you doing today, Brooke? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm amped to snag some of your time. You have been a crazy busy human recently coming in just fifth at the CrossFit Games. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, that was super exciting. It's been like a really long year and journey this time. So it was just like, it was so amazing. So amazing. Well, for those that may be a little unfamiliar with CrossFit, why don't we just give them a little info on I would say the point, like what is the goal of being a CrossFit athlete? For us as like competitors, you kind of just want to be like, I mean, they claim to be the fittest on earth because we train everything. Like it's so, we never know what we're going to do at the CrossFit games. It's always constantly varied. Um, and it's functional movements, um, lots of gymnastics, cardio, weightlifting, pretty much anything that you can imagine that that has to do with fitness, we test. So I feel like CrossFit gets a bad rap as then it's all about just lifting obscenely heavy weights. I did it for a while and I loved it. If you could destigmatize the sport a little bit, what would you say is your favorite part? My favorite part is just like always di- like it's always different. Like you come to the gym, the class is going to be different. Like the workouts are always like super varied and like it's gymnastics, weightlifting and cardio. So it's like you're you're getting everything every single day. And so I think that's probably my favorite part. And my friends all the time, they like associate the sport of CrossFit with like CrossFit classes. And it's just like a little bit different as in like, you can scale everything. You don't have to like be fit to start. You can start anywhere. So I think that's 
that's like a big myth that people think you have to be fit in order to start. Yeah. Yeah. I love that concept of being able to scale everything. I remember when I started CrossFit, God, the amount of things that I was doing, like not RX, it didn't even matter because I was learning all of these new skills. And to your point, it really does help stave off boredom because there's a lot happening and it's always different. Yeah, for sure. For me, like going to a Globo gym and just like hitting machines can get repetitive and boring, but that's like never the case with CrossFit. It's just always different. I know. And I love what you said also about not having to be like a really skilled athlete to begin. I'm going to cite some crazy numbers here. They probably (laughs) could be outdated because who knows how often they're updating the CrossFit Games website. Yeah. We're talking to someone right now who supposedly (laughs) has a back squat of 345, a clean and jerk of 255, a deadlift of 432 pounds, and a snatch of 215 pounds. How accurate are those? So actually, they weren't accurate all until this year when we went into like the CrossFit Games to check in. They're like, um, Brooke, you haven't updated this since like 2015. So can you go ahead and do that? So the announcers aren't like saying my clean and jerk is like 150 pounds. So they are very up to date. They are very up to date. Isn't was that kind of a mind trip to have that moment where you heard or looked at what was put down previously and you realized, wow, look how much I have progressed since the last time that we sat down and reiterated these numbers. Yeah. It's honestly crazy. Like, I mean, it's just crazy. I can't even fathom thinking back to like eight years ago when I kind of started. It's just, it's been a a long journey. (laughs) All right. So eight years ago when you kind of started, why don't you bring me back there and talk to me a little bit about what life was like before you really dove headfirst into CrossFit? Yeah. So I probably started about 10 years ago. Eight years ago was my first CrossFit games, but I started when I was in high school. I was actually, I asked my dad to like get me a membership to just a Globo gym. And it was kind of like the thing in high school to go there and hang out with your friends, not really prioritize exercise, just like have fun. So he's like, um, you can have CrossFit or nothing. So I was kind of almost like forced into CrossFit because he knew that like if I was in the class environment with a coach, I would be like actually getting things done. So, um, the first CrossFit class I ever did, like I was obsessed and in love with it. And um, I was like a senior in high school, really focused on track. And I enjoyed CrossFit a lot more. I saw more potential in CrossFit. So I kind of shifted my focus to CrossFit. And it just two years later, I was a sophomore in college and going to my first CrossFit Games. Wow. So you really got into the competition circuit rather quickly. So I'm assuming then that you saw a lot of success early on, despite actually loving the modalities and the workouts, you were really good at them. I just felt like I was kind of natural at a lot of things. I was naturally strong. I never lifted before, but it came kind of easy at first. Um, So yeah, I mean, I just, I was very competitive and I think that's what I also loved about CrossFit is if you want to go in and try to like compete every single day against the clock, against yourself, or even against like other class members, it's just like, it's always available to compete. So I loved that. Right. Like it can be whatever you want to make of it. Did you at first walk in and face any of those same intimidating fears that we kind of touched on a little bit before? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I didn't even know what a snatch was when I walked in. Like, there's a lot of things that took a lot of time, like muscle ups. It took me years to get a muscle up. So, I mean, like, I was very intimidated by a lot of the movements when I first went in, but I started scaled and then eventually got to where I am today. I feel as though that's kind of refreshing to hear for someone, for anyone really, no matter what sport you're interested in. Like, you just placed fifth at the CrossFit Games third American. And it's like, wow, even this excellent athlete today that we see in front of us took a while to get some of the critical skills that now you're knocking out. Yeah, for sure. I think people a lot of the times think it all comes easy, but it doesn't. Maybe when you first start, it feels like you're PRing every day. And that's like the most awesome feeling. Like it's so fun. But I mean, we all get to like a point where it takes a lot, like you hit Um, a certain weight. And then it takes so long to gradually build that it doesn't just like come natural at that point. 
When you were in college, you said going to your first games as a sophomore. Can you talk about integrating your training into your schooling or was it kind of integrating your schooling into your training? Yeah, I kind of realized that my priorities were to make the CrossFit Games and just like get a degree. I wasn't like trying to be an A plus student. So, I mean, school and training, like now that I don't have to do that, thinking back, I'm like, I honestly don't know how I function doing both of those. I would go to like swim or something at like 8 a.m. and then have class at nine and then go to class for like four hours and then be at the gym until it was time to do homework and go to bed. Like it was just like constant doing one of the two. And you were a college student. So where did any semblance of a social life fit in? Yeah, that was one of the things that like really took a back seat because it just had to. Um, I would just kind of like picked and chose like when I was going to like go out or something. But most of the time it would be like maybe one night a week or just like in my off season. Oh, my God. I can't even I cannot even imagine. So you go to your first CrossFit Games. What was that experience like for you? And I'm sure so different then fast forward eight years later, the kind of hype and with the hype and the notoriety you have now, how did it feel as a total beginner? Well, honestly, I was so extremely shocked that I had qualified for the games when I was a sophomore. I, it was my first individual, um, regional for CrossFit and I was 19 years old, kind of went in with the intention that I was just going to try to get top 10. And then I ended up winning my regional and was just like, holy crap, like I trained for regionals, but I hadn't even like fathomed the thought of going to the game. So I hadn't even like swam yet and like trained that. So it was, it was honestly a big shock. And like, it was cool because I was just having so much fun. I didn't have any expectations on me. So it was a really cool year in that sense. The question kind of arises, which is better? Is it better to go into a situation and feel like there are no expectations? Or do you feel like you perform better now that so many more eyes are on you and what you have going on? Honestly, I think it's a balance because I love that I do have a little bit of pressure because I have these like sponsors that are so supportive and I put pressure on myself just because I've gone previous years. But then when it gets to be like too much to handle, I kind of remind myself like, I perform the best when I'm having fun and I don't have a ton of expectations. So if it gets like a too much pressure, then I kind of just remind myself of that. We all have strategies or tools or things that we say to ourselves to navigate those tough moments and those hurdles. Where does your mind go when you're on like the 15th of 20 muscle ups and your biceps are burning and you're like, well, what the hell am I doing here? Yeah. So we actually did like a whole like noble campaign over like my motto. And it's been like, this is when it counts. So like when I'm super um, tired in a workout or I get nervous before um, a competition or something, I just remind myself like, this is when it counts. Like all the training that I've done before this doesn't matter until now or like when the workout's easy in the beginning, like that's not when it matters. It starts to count when it starts hurting starts to count when it starts hurting. Wow. That's intense. So you go through that first CrossFit Games experience and what would you say your biggest takeaway is from that? Knowing that, yep, I'm definitely going to come back and do this again. Oh my gosh. My, my first CrossFit Games was like one of the hardest CrossFit Games I've ever done. Even to this day, it was just like brutally high volume. And I think probably what I took away the most was to just like believe in myself and have more confidence because going into your first year, you kind of always feel like, like you don't belong, you know? So I was honestly really surprised that I had made it that year, but I obviously made it that year for a reason. I mean, I qualified, I did all the work and I put it in. So why not feel confident being there amongst the fittest in the world? That's such an important takeaway as well, because how often do we step into situations and we are the only thing doubting ourselves? Yeah. When you look around and you can say for a fact, like I am standing here with the fittest in the world. I qualify to be here with the fittest in the world. So I have to take this to be true that I am amongst (laughs) the fittest in the world, but I'm sure that never gets old. I mean, that's such a big sentence. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I feel like that every single time I take the floor, like you can't really fathom that I'm like, 
standing next to these girls, but I've worked so hard. And another thing I kind of tell myself is like, people can be like, why me? And then I'm like, why not me? Like, why can I not be the fittest on earth? I would also imagine that as the years start to progress and you get more and more immersed in this CrossFit community, that comparison probably follows you along the way. How did you stay focused on your training, on your journey as you continued to work your way up in the sport? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I ha- I like compare myself almost every day when I have training partners and that's like, but it's in a good way. Like it's a healthy way because I think they push me and I'm kind of like, okay, well I train with Tia Claire Toomey and she's the fittest on earth. So it's really good to kind of have her as, as like a benchmark and just kind of like try my best to be like as close to her as I can. And so I think comparison, it can be very harmful, but it also can be good if you use it to help yourself. Definitely. So for you, you graduate from college eventually two years in and where do you decide is going to be the best move for you in your training? So after college, I wasn't exactly sure where I wanted to go. Um, I ended up moving back to Tulsa, Oklahoma for two years because I went to high school there and I was just kind of comfortable there. Um, I knew the gym. So I moved there. It was really good. I had always trained by myself. So like up until two years ago, I trained completely on my own. I had like remote programming sent to me from a coach. So like training partners wasn't really like a huge thing two years ago. So after I'd stayed in Tulsa for two years, I have a twin sister and she lived in Memphis, Tennessee. And so we just wanted to live together. There was no point of us being apart anymore. And we both had the option to move. So we kind of randomly just picked Nashville, Tennessee. And um, uh, my friend, Will Morad, I didn't even know him at the time, but he lived here already. So I kind of like just hit him up and was like, do you want to train together? So we started training together and then I wanted to have a new coach. So I reached out to Shane and Tia. So they ended up moving here. We have like this whole group now. So we have like this huge like CrossFit training mecca um, that just kind of created in the last um, two years. I'm enamored by the idea that for so many years you were among one of the fittest humans in the world and you were doing it all on your own. Yeah, it is kind of crazy to think back. Like now that I have like the best training setup I could literally ever imagine, it's hard to think like there will be days that like maybe someone isn't on the same schedule and I have to train by myself. I'm like, I have to train by myself. Are you serious? And then I think back and I'm like, I trained by myself for like six years. This is seriously impressive. What would you say helped you keep showing up for yourself when it was just you on your own? I mean, honestly, it comes just down to discipline and how motivated I was. I mean, motivation comes and goes, but I was just super determined to like keep going back to the CrossFit games. And that's really what made me keep showing up. I mean, back in college, that was definitely the hardest time to show up every single day because there was always like temptations of like just wanting to go hang out with friends and be like a college student. But yeah, I mean, I just I learned a lot of discipline in college and just training on my own, really. Do you ever look back at those years and wonder what would have happened if you kind of like embraced the college lifestyle a little bit more? Do you ever wish that maybe you had? Sometimes like I I just like I never want to like miss out like I'm major FOMO. I think it's so worth it and so much cooler to like have the lifestyle that I had and like kind of have the success that I worked so hard for in college um, kind of set me up for where I am today. So I wouldn't take it back, but I definitely like think I missed out a little bit. But that's just kind of a sacrifice that I'm willing to take. And I would imagine that it's easier to uh, be diligent when you are surrounded with like-minded people. Talk to me about how it feels and what the benefits are about having training partners in Nashville. There's like so many benefits. Like I can't even really pick one, but this is the first time I've actually had a coach in person. So just having eyes on you every single day kind of like holds you accountable. And on days that you might come in like tired, like it makes you give your hundred percent because you have someone on watching you all the time. Um, but I mean, having training partners, like it truly keeps it a lot more fun because it can get really boring just kind of being in the gym, like eight hours a day. So when you have people around you with the same goals, it, it keeps it a lot more fun and focused. I think that's a big thing is a lot of people like 
take out the fun aspect when they're like training really hard. Um, but you can like, it makes it almost you like want to try harder when it's fun because you're just enjoying yourself and everyone's like pushing and it's, it's really fun. Yeah. To your point about like, you're pushing yourself really hard that you're not even enjoying the process and the process is what's so important, right? For you, all of these years later, you keep doing CrossFit day in and day out because it's something that brings you joy. And if it wasn't, then that destination wouldn't even matter. Yeah. I honestly kind of always realized that when I'm like after the games, like in this scenario, and I'm still like the games are over and I could have like a, a big long off season of doing nothing if I want to, but like I miss that process and I like crave it. Like I'm, I'm ready to start again just because I mean, we have so much fun and like the work, like working hard is just so addicting. I can totally co-sign that. So I want to bring us back now to the 2021 games first, get some insight into what training CrossFit was like for you during the pandemic. I know moving to Nashville, obviously a big change, but also like adjusting to what life was when you weren't congregating in a box and around so many other people? Yeah. Training during the pandemic was very interesting. Um, for like the first half, I was just training out of my garage, which I didn't have a ton of equipment, but gyms were kind of like letting you like borrow equipment, but also it was just like very hard to train because what am I training for? Like the games aren't even in sight right now. Like we don't think that there's going to be any competition. So I mean, I got like, you can train just to be healthy, but I didn't have like a goal in sight training for like my profession. So, um, I mean, I still trained really hard because there was literally nothing else to do, but, um, just not having a goal in sight, that was really weird. Cause I've never had something like that. But then towards the end, the gym owner would let me go in there by myself. So it was still just like very boring. Like didn't really want to be there by myself in a completely empty gym every day. Thankfully, there was like nothing else to really do. So I kept training really hard, but it was it was difficult with nothing in sight. I'm like a single woman in my mid 30s. So I felt like I also completely poured myself into my work. I was like, oh, well, it's another day with my computer here in the corner of like at the time, my fourth floor walk up on the Upper East Side. Like this is just where we are today. Yeah. I mean, that's when I was bored in there by myself. I'm like, well, what else could I do? There's literally nothing going on. <laughs> yeah, literally nothing going on. Yeah. So you are training. And when is the first like glimmer of hope that you guys are going to be getting back together to compete again? Well, I mean, there was still talk that the games were going to happen and then like ended up, they just kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And then um, once they said that it was going to be like an online thing, it seemed more realistic because an in-person thing just like that wasn't going to happen at the time. Right, right. Now, today you're a noble athlete. And obviously, over this time as well, noble, noble becoming the token sponsor of the games. As a CrossFit athlete during this big transition, did you have concerns as well? No, honestly, I was so excited for Noble to take over the CrossFit games. Um, I saw a lot of opportunity for CrossFit having Noble as the title sponsor. So I thought it was super exciting. And I mean, we didn't really know what was going to happen just being like a weird time, but I figured things would get back to normal. Taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my sponsors. First up, Gooder. For those of you that are unfamiliar, Gooder makes my favorite active sunglasses. They are polarized, no bounce, no scratch, and all fun. And plus, they have a shape and style to suit every single taste. My go-to is the Operation Blackout style. It's a sleek, oversized black aviator that I love, not only for my runs, but also just running errands. How often do I travel that I am trying to bring less stuff with me? When I reach for a pair of gooders, I know I have something that is both stylish and functional for all of my needs when I'm on the go. 
Plus, their sunglasses start at just $25, and I'm about to offer you a discount as well. If you head on over to Gooder.com, that's G-O-O-D-R.com slash hurdle, you can get 15% off your next purchase by using hurdle15 at checkout. Again, that is hurdle15 at checkout at Gooder, G-O-O-D-R.com slash hurdle to snag 15% off your next order today. Also want to give some love to my sponsor at Element. It's a science-backed electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. And trust me, these days, not a day goes by where I'm not drinking one to two bottles of it. The real feel in New York right now, a hundred and one which means that it is so important. We are being mindful of our hydration. Element is plant-based with no sugar, no gluten, no fillers, or other sketchy ingredients. I am hooked on their watermelon salt flavor, but you can't go wrong with so many of their other great picks, ranging from chocolate and raspberry to orange and citrus. It is my go-to when it comes to long runs, long bike rides, summer exercise. Again, recharging with electrolytes is so, so important when it comes to taking care of your body. And when it tastes this good, it's an absolute no-brainer. Now, of course, Element's offering you a deal exclusive to the Hurdle listeners. Head on over to drinkelement.com. That's drinklmnt.com slash hurdle to get a free Element sample pack with any purchase. Again, that is drinkelement.com slash hurdle, drinklmnt.com slash hurdle to get a free sample pack with your purchase today. Now let's fast forward to the 2021 games. A huge moment for you. Finally back to doing what you love, surrounded by so many people. Talk to us about those. Yeah, I mean, once again, it was kind of weird going back because it was still like, like people were still wearing masks and like we had to get a COVID test right before, which like you don't feel sick at all until you're in line and you're like, oh my gosh, am I like breathing heavy? Like it was just like, it was scary. It was also like two years since we had been out there on the floor in front of a big crowd. So as awesome as the crowd is, it was very like nerve wracking. Like I just had major butterflies and it was a cool feeling because it'd been a little bit since that had happened. I feel like even like walking on the street or like going to my first bar, I was overwhelmed. Like, Yeah, for sure. Like going back to normal was kind of crazy. Yeah. So being like back on the field surrounded by so many people and then also performing, it's like, okay, I have to overcome like my normal amount of human anxiety. And then like also the anxiety I have to take on what I'm about to take on. Yeah. I mean, like people are cheering for you and they like want to high five you. And I'm like, oh my, is it okay to like high five right now? I don't know. (laughs) Is this okay? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So you go in to the competition feeling really strong, but for those that may not be familiar with your story, when you were at the 2021 CrossFit Games, you suffered a dislocated elbow, a torn flexor tendon, and a torn UCL while snatching 190 pounds. Talk us through that moment and what happened for you. Yeah, so it was the 12th event of the CrossFit Games, and I it was honestly like the best I had ever done by far. Like I was feeling so good. So yeah, I mean, I went under a 190-pound snatch, and my elbow just gave out, dislocated. And so, I mean, they had to like bring medical on to carry me off and it was, it was very traumatic. Uh, It took like 20 minutes for them to pop it back in place. They had to like x-ray it because it was just like, it was so out, they couldn't get it back in. So after that, it was just like very, it was heartbreaking. Like I was so excited for that year because I had a new coach and like, I was feeling my best. I was in I think sixth place going into that event, but like all of the things that I consider myself bad at were over with. So I was like, it's only up from here. This is a good event for me. And then for like that to just get ruined was like heartbreaking from one event. Did you ever watch it back? No, I cannot watch it. Um, I was like afterwards, people were like tagging me on Instagram, like in videos of it, but I had to like just skip right through them because I could not see that. I still to this day will not watch it. I can't even imagine how that's got to feel being tagged and tagged and tagged and tagged. And you're like, I'm all set with this. Yeah. Like I didn't want to see it, but it was like very close calls when I would like just have to like shut my eyes really quick when something would come up. 
talk to us about what immediately went through your head when they're not able to pop your elbow back in. Are you thinking forward or are you thinking in the moment? Oh, no, I was thinking in the moment, 100%. I mean, once they finally got it popped back in, my first question was, all right, I'm good. Can I confi- can I finish competing? And they're like, we'll talk to you about that later because I was already so upset, you know. But I mean, obviously, I couldn't continue. I kind of was just hoping that it popped out once it was back in, like I could just finish competing because I didn't even care about my elbow at the moment. I just wanted to finish the competition so bad. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you get to a place where you accept the thing that you can't control? It didn't really like hit me until the next day as I was like watching the girls compete. And I was sitting in my hotel room watching on my computer because I like was just in so much pain. Um, That's when it like really hit me. And I mean, I just had to accept it. There was nothing I could do, but it was very brutal. Yeah. I would imagine that that would be really difficult. It's totally understandable that you would feel that way. And in that moment, because of all of the COVID restrictions, were you alone? Um, so yeah, well, so I think we planned Sunday to like go get an MRI on Monday. So I went and got an MRI on Monday. Um, and I was completely alone and it was just like so painful to even like try to put my arm in that position. It was like, I just remember being in the MRI for like 30 to 40 minutes, just like crying one, just like realizing what's going on. And then also just being in so much pain. I couldn't believe that I was like, like the Monday after the CrossFit games is like one of the most fun days. Cause it's just like, you're relieved it's over. You're kind of with your family celebrating like all your hard work. And then I was just like getting an MRI for my broken elbow pretty much. How do you pick yourself up from that? It was really hard, but, um, just kind of like telling yourself, like, this is going to be the best thing that happens for me. And like, this all happens for a reason, kind of just like from the moment it happened, I was already thinking forward to the next year planning like a comeback. And, um, I mean, from that moment I was determined to have the best comeback in year I've ever had. Yeah. I, it's hard to like, not go into like this dark place. Like when we are incapable of doing the thing that we love, a part of our identity gets tossed to the side, right? Yeah. I mean, it was like, what am I supposed to do now that I can't exercise at all? Like I can't even move my arm. It was like a really weird time for sure. Do you remember anyone giving you any advice that still comes to mind about navigating that time? Um, I feel like I had a lot of people throwing advice at me. A lot of it was just kind of like, like to enjoy this time off and kind of use it for like a mental break as you're like physically healing. Um, I think that was the biggest thing that I had to do was just kind of accept that I couldn't work out for a little bit and kind of use, like take advantage of it. Um, There's not very many months of the year that I'm not training. So to kind of like give myself a little mental break um, was, it ended up being very helpful. So in that mental break, in that not training, you also get a complete reconstruction surgery. Mm-hmm. So after that, what's the prognosis of how long that period of time is supposed to be until you're back in the gym? Yeah. So they told me that I wasn't going to be like hundred percent until like nine or 10 months, but wow. I wasn't able to like really do anything until like six months. So, um, I mean, I think like a lot of people were kind of like trying to be like positive and they're like, you might be able to do it, but no one truly thought that like making it back to the games was even in the question. How did that make you feel? It made me more determined. Honestly, I was like, I mean, from the moment it happened, like I knew that I was going to be back out there no matter what anyone had said. So when anyone would tell me that I just wanted to prove them wrong. When anyone gets injured, I feel like the first thing that they'll say to me in my DMS is like, I don't know how to navigate this. I don't feel like myself. I feel soft. I feel et cetera. Did you go through all those feelings as well? Yeah, honestly, like, I mean, I remember seeing other people injured before this and I never really thought much of it. Like, I don't know. I kind of just like wrote it off, but then going through it myself, I like could really relate to like other people that had been injured before. And it's like completely out of your control And you just, you feel really lost. You don't really know what to do, except like all you want to do is just get better. 
Did you think about what else you could do during that time? Do you mean like exercise or? I mean, like when CrossFit is a thing that you don't do anymore, eventually. (laughs) I'm not saying right now, but I'm saying during that time, you must have definitely had like a little bit of like self-inquiry of like what will be next for me. Yeah, I think like I just try to make myself busy with like other things like I would consider like work related with my sponsors. I took like I think that was my main focus during that time. Um, I like decided that I wanted a puppy. So I got a puppy during that time to kind of just like distract me and not think about CrossFit all the time. But like, to be honest, I didn't really like move on ever or ever consider like, what can I do instead of this? It was more like, what can I do to get back out there? So the comeback starts mentally. Talk to us about what starts to happen when it begins physically. Uh, Like a week after surgery, they wanted me to go ahead and start moving it just so that I could start getting my range of motion because for CrossFit athletes, we have to have flexibility in our elbows for like snatches and um, handstand walks, like anything really. So I was in there one week after surgery and then I was there every single day for six days a week for like three hours. So it was like, it was a big commitment, but I mean, I wanted to be there as long as possible to just speed up the recovery. I don't want to say it was meant to happen this way, but think about what would have, what this could have been like if this type of injury happened to you eight, 10 years ago. Now you have worked so hard and that hard work has afforded you really great relationships with brands and sponsors, which in turn pay you, which enable you to get even more care and, and use that money to fuel yourself, you know, whereas eight, 10 years ago, starting as a young CrossFit athlete, like you may have not had the means to navigate this as you were so fortunately able to this time around. Yeah, honestly, I've never even pictured it that way. Because I mean, like, even thinking back, if this would have happened, like my first or second year, like I might have been like, well, this just isn't meant for me, like I'm moving on, you know, and I was very thankful to have like my agent and my manager, they like from the moment it happened, were already looking at doctors, talking to people about who like I should go see. So, I mean, yeah, it just puts things into perspective of how thankful I am that it happened like when it did. Getting back in the gym. What's that look like for you? Um, so I wanted to start moving like as soon as possible, just because I like, I just like to move. I didn't want to like kill myself or anything, just, um, kind of like feel better about myself, not sitting around. So I probably started moving about like two weeks after surgery, but it was literally just like sitting on a bike pedaling because I, and that was actually one thing I was so like mind blown about. It was really hard to bike because like my arm was in a cast. I couldn't even like use my arms. So, um, I mean, I just like slowly eased into things, started with biking a little bit. And then it wasn't until I think like three months after surgery that I started using my elbow a little bit. And it was like not much at all. I was very, very scared and timid. Like, it's funny because the PTs are always like, now don't do any more than this. And I'm like, no, I'm the opposite. Like, you guys need to be like pushy towards me because I like have the fear of re-injuring it. I don't want to do anything. I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess they have like professional athletes that just want to get back into it. And so they like kind of do more than they're supposed to and re-injure. But like, that's the last thing that I wanted to do. I was (laughs) like, I mean, I wanted to be ready in 10 months, but like, I didn't want to like push that process at all. When would you say you were back to like full on training in relation to the timeline for the games? So... It actually, like the week of the open, I still, there were a lot of movements that I hadn't done yet. I was really nervous about having like a max lift because that's something that I was not going to do. Um, I would obviously like do what I could and see if, because the open, it's like the top 10%. So I knew that if I put up a 70% lift for me, that that might like uh, be enough to qualify me. But the week of the open, I hadn't done a muscle up yet, hadn't done like pull-ups or anything like that. So I just remember wanting to like do one muscle up just so that if they were to come up that I had done one and I knew that I could do it. So I was ready like the day before the open probably. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Did that make you anxious going into the competition? 
Yes, very. And it's actually crazy because I had my best open finish, which was like not something that I ever would have dreamed of. I just wanted to make it through the open. Um, thankfully there wasn't very many movements that bothered me at all. There wasn't a max lift or anything. So it worked out in my favor, but, um, I was very intimidated and scared, scared going in. You shared with us the slogan that you use for the noble campaign, but when you do feel those nerves, what else comes to mind? How else do you kind of talk yourself a little bit off the ledge so that you can perform and show up your best? I think like when I was like going into the open, even I just remembered how hard that PT was and like how hard I just like worked to be where I was. And I didn't want to do that for nothing. So I just would remember how hard I worked and wanted to make sure that that counted. Just like you were saying earlier that you kind of had to like swipe away from the videos posting your injury. I'm sure a lot of people come into your DMs or your messages and say things like, well, maybe you shouldn't be lifting this much weight. What's your response to people like that? I just don't even give that a time of day because they can do them if they want, you know? I mean, I definitely think that you need to be like, like you can't go from zero to a hundred. And I took it really, really slow after um, my injury. I mean, I started with a trainer bar, which is 15 pounds. And then I would add five pounds a week. So like it was a very, very slow process getting back to where um, I felt strong enough again. So if you kind of like ease yourself into stuff like that, it's, it's not an issue. Yeah, not an issue at all, especially <laughs> as we see it paid off in the open and then you show up to the 2022 CrossFit Games and have such an unbelievable performance. Mindset going into the games, where were you at? So just like going back to semifinals, I just kind of like wanted to make it through that um, in, in order to make it to the games. But then once I got to the games, I was like, I don't want to just be here to kind of like go through the motions. Like I want to make a statement and I want to have my best year ever. Saying something like, I want to have my best year ever. It's kind of, it's powerful, but it's also potentially frustrating maybe because all you can do is give it all you got. So were you just focused on that? And did you have anything like in place so that you wouldn't get down on yourself if one of the earlier events didn't go as you'd hoped? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I always have events that like aren't going to go as planned or I don't execute as well as I thought I did, but I'm not going to like dwell on that. You have to move on or you're just going to ruin your whole weekend. I mean, I had a few events that I didn't think I did very well on in the beginning, but I was just like, don't let those workouts like define this whole weekend. So I think that's something that I just have to tell myself. Being a CrossFit athlete is similar to being some sort of like maybe a heptathlete and that there's just so much going on. You need to keep showing up. And so if you get caught up in one mistake or one misstep, then that could ruin everything else that you're working toward going forward. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like before the event, you never want to tell yourself like, oh, this is only like one event because you don't want to like count yourself out. But then after the event's over and there's nothing that you can do, that is something I'm like, okay, well, it was one event, like one event of 14 isn't going to be that big of a deal unless I keep focusing on it, then it can like destroy my weekend. Right, right. So as you're getting toward that final event and you see yourself in the standings, how are you feeling? It's actually funny because I'm not one to really look at the leaderboard at all. I, I don't bother because I don't want to know like exactly how many points people are away from me because then I would just focus on others more than myself. So going into the final event, they're like lining us up and they're like top five over here. And I like I didn't even like walk over there because I didn't know where I was. And they're like, Brooke, you're over here. And I was like, oh, crap. Like I didn't even know that I was in the top five. So they like announce it once you go out. They're like in fifth place, Brooke Wells. And I don't know, it was just so surreal to finally like be in that position. I mean, I had to climb up the leaderboard the whole weekend. Like I was never like that high. So it was really awesome. And honestly, I was kind of like, okay, I'm in fifth place right now. Like, let's not mess this up. This is going really well. So it ended up being an awesome weekend. You mentioned earlier training with Tia, and I would imagine that in the buildup here, in the weekend here, you're constantly competing against someone who is just like such a next level athlete. Would you say that really worked to your advantage? Yeah. So I think it really does work to my advantage because 
Well, first of all, I get to train with her and training every single day and like going into competition. Like, I mean, of course she's like intimidating, but I'm also just like, at the same time, I'm not intimidated because I, I work out with her every day. So I'm like, it's just like another training day competing against Tia, you know? So if I can be not intimidated by Tia, then why would anyone else intimidate me? So I kind of just like, I don't focus on anyone else and I just am very confident in myself. Where do you see yourself going now? I mean, I was like so close to the podium this year that it like, after it was over, I was like, dang, like I was so close. I wish, like I loved being fifth place, but then once it was over, I was like, I was so close, you know? So, I mean, next year I'm definitely going for the podium. (laughs) Going for the podium. Did you not go into the games hoping to be in the top 10? Oh, I mean, yes, of course. Like I I knew that I was... (laughs) I know that I'm capable of that. It's just a matter of executing. But I mean, with the year that I had, I didn't really know it was going to happen. At that point, I was like, anything can happen. I mean, I honestly, a lot of the things that we did at the game movement wise, I wasn't training until after semifinals because my elbow wasn't healthy enough. So I didn't really know how how it was going to play out. You know, it's, it's funny, right? Because I feel like we always have like two to three versions of a goal. There's like the goal that you openly talk about the goal you talk about with your close friends and like the goal you tell absolutely no one. Yeah, for sure. And I also think that like my goal will like change throughout the weekend. Like maybe I'll go into the games, like, let's just get top 10 because like, you don't want to disappoint yourself. But then like, as you keep doing better, you're like, okay, well, let's make sure that I'm in the top five. And it just, I feel like my goal shifts a lot. Yeah. For someone listening to this who hears about the crazy numbers that you put up and sees you lifting these such impressive weights, I know that, you know, the heavy lifts have been a strength of yours for a while. What advice could you offer to them if they are just getting into strength training and are interested in putting on some more? Um, Well, I think it comes down to like the basics and the fundamentals, like make sure that you master that before you try to throw on like some heavy weight. That's the most important part is like the technique in order to like, uh, I mean, in order to get strong and like the lifts, you have to have good technique, but also just to make sure that you don't get hurt. And then also like it takes time. So like it's it it feels like you're PRing for a long time in the beginning and then you just get stuck and like we all get stuck there. So I think it's just a matter of being patient. So applicable to like everything else in life though, right? Like you had to understand that it was going to take time for you to come back from this injury and you were cautious in the process. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people just don't realize that like how much work it actually takes to be a top level athlete. I mean, I get people that are always like, well, if I didn't have a job, then I'm sure that like I would be, you know, and it's just like, it takes so much more work and like discipline and mental work than people could ever imagine. It just blows my mind that people don't like recognize top level athletes as like that is your occupation. Yeah. I mean, it's not a nine to five job, you know, like it is literally a 24 seven job, making sure I'm getting enough sleep that I'm eating right. Like I can't just there's just so many sacrifices and stuff that I don't think people realize that it is like, it's a full on lifestyle. It's not just like a job. What would you say the biggest sacrifice is for you in pursuit of your biggest goals? Honestly, I would probably say like balance. Like that's the thing that I have the hardest with is like balancing relationships with like trying not like, not like guys, but like, I mean like my friends and like my family Um, I feel like a lot of the times things like that get neglected because I'm like, I can't, I have to train even during the holidays. Like I try to be as present as I can when I'm like spending time with them, but I have to train during like Christmas break. And like, it's, it's just very hard to kind of like have a social life of any sort when you're three months out from the game. So I, I try to use my off season to kind of give people more attention and work on relationships, but Um, the balance side is very difficult, which I don't think people realize. Yeah. Yeah. In this off season, especially at the top front end right now, what are you looking forward to? Um, I mean, I'm just relaxing. I I would say travel, but like I, I didn't plan any travel before the games because I was kind of like, um, I don't want to be distracted right now. I'll plan it afterwards. And now I'm like kind of bored. I'm not really itching to get back into the gym super soon, but I'm also like, well, 
I'm bored. So, <laughs> so Brooks accepting travel invitations. <laughs> yeah, at this very moment. <laughs> yeah, but um, I spent like a week with my mom, like in, where she lives. So, just kind of like spending time with people. Right now, someone goes to your Instagram page. They see a CrossFit Games athlete with 1.7 million followers. When you look in the mirror, what is it that you see looking back at you? Um, just like how hard I've worked to get there. And it's like, I don't have followers because I'm any sort of like influencer or Instagram model. You know, I've worked really hard in my sport to be successful. And that's where those followers come from. So yeah, just a lot of dedication. You see dedication when, whenever, um, someone talks me through a big recovery story like this, I always want to make sure that we touch on the mental side of things as well. Were there moments during your struggle that you really felt that you needed others to help pick you up? I think a lot of this was like very internal, but I am very thankful to have like family members and like my manager, like they were always there for anything, like always there to talk. And they definitely encouraged me when I was feeling down, but ultimately like just kind of comes down to you and being like, I mean, you have to have goals and you have to have discipline. And I think honestly, if you set goals before or like at the beginning of an injury or something like small goals, just to kind of like, just to kind of chip away and get back to where you want to be is something that can be very helpful. So you're focused on the way. It's also understanding that this is a new version of you, right? Like you can't start that process comparing yourself to everything that happened before, because you have to meet yourself with where you're at. Yeah, that's actually something that I struggled with for a while was just kind of like comparing where I was before. I mean, even in the early stages, like I would be like like seven or eight months back into it. Um, or I mean, after the surgery, I was probably like a couple months back into training. I was constantly like, oh, wow, I had like 30 pounds more on the bar like last year, you know, and that's something that's really tough. But you just kind of have to like remember what you've gone through and see yourself where you are, like you said, and not be too hard on yourself because it will come in time. It just, you have to be patient. You posted the Instagram right after the games were done. Fifth fittest on earth, comeback complete. Right. How does that make you feel? I mean, I was just so excited to kind of like the comeback year. It's very rewarding, but it's also very hard. And even in this off season, I'm kind of like, I forgot how difficult last year was because my off season was literally spent um, at the PT for three hours every day. So to kind of like, just like have my comeback year over with, like now I can move on and have a full year to train healthy is just so excited. And like, it makes me really excited for the future. We love it. All right, Brooke, final question here. Right now, you have an opportunity to give yourself a piece of advice, elbow dislocated. You are unsure of what happens next with all the wisdom that you have now looking back on that hurdle moment. What do you tell yourself? Um, Just to believe in myself. Like it doesn't matter what other people say or if other people have doubts. It matters like what you tell yourself, like what kind of story you're telling yourself. So just to kind of like stay focused on what I need to do in the moment, I think that's most important. I'm so, so happy that we were able to finally make this happen. Brooke, how do the hurdlers follow along with you? How do they keep up with you? Give us your details. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's at Brooke Wells with an extra S. <laughs> with an extra S. <laughs> I am over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>